It feels good to be back in the chair today. It's been a little while. We've had our, our Easter break and we're back at it. Back refreshed, ready to go. We've got an exciting episode today. Yeah, yeah, and you got a super sharp haircut. So I do, I do. Give me a super sharp hair. So let's <laughs> hope so. Get in there. So today it's a bit of a different, different look. What we're doing today is we're diving into a brand, and we're going to continue to do this over our coming episodes. We want to look more into brands and see what they've done to become successful, perhaps areas they can improve, things of that nature. So I think there's no better place to start than with the rise and fall of American Apparel. Just for a bit of understanding for the listener, American Apparel at their height were making hundreds of millions of dollars a year. They had hundreds of stores around the world. Um, I, this is one of the most explosive, crazy stories. And I don't say that lightly. I think people will agree in the next 10 minutes after hearing us and giving it the breakdown. Mm. I don't think it gets any crazy in this. And they're in our industry. They're a yeah. clothing company. Yeah, I think that's why we are so amazed by it is because we are innately interested because it's kind of what we're doing in a sense. And, and they were doing it, you know, on a crazy scale in the nineties. It was a crazy time and that they were pretty um, ahead of the time, I would say too, in terms of you know, what they were able to do and the campaigns they were creating. And yeah, it was pretty, I mean, we've been, do, we obviously done some research, like being a blanks business ourselves coming into the game. So we knew who American Apparel were, but I don't think we quite knew just how wild their story was. Yeah, it, it's driven by the CEO, it Dov is. Charney. He's a he's still around, he's still in the industry. Yep. Yeah. So Dov Dov Charney, he is a Canadian and he essentially founded American Apparel in nineteen eighty nine with a ten thousand dollar loan from his dad. He was really young. He was like 20. Yeah, I think he was 20 at that point, but he he was, you know, he'd been hustling since he was like 16 in blank clothing and doing some crazy stuff um, in Canada. I think he was illegally importing American made garments to Canada for different events and that kind of thing, saying it was for, uh, I think he, his, his friend's birthday parties and all kinds of stuff. So this guy's a hustler. Um, he was born for it. So at 20 years old, he moves into America, South Carolina, and kind of starts the journey of trying to make American-made uh, wholesale garments. It's pretty smart. Like at that time, in the coming into the 90s, your people starting to look offshore a little bit. Mm. You know, China, Bangladesh, India are becoming more viable options, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. So I, I suppose he, his major um, draw point was that this is all stuff that is made in the USA. Um, and at the time there wasn't really anyone else doing that. All the other competitors were over, off, offshore and overseas. So that was a real talking point for him. And I think that first, you know, from 1989, when he started, it was just him immersing himself in the industry, figuring out what's what, you know, understanding the whole process sounds like he made a lot of mistakes over that time. And, you know, he was just kind of a fish out of water, just jumping into it head first, see what it's all about. As we would know, there's a shitload of stuff that goes into it. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure he was going through all of that, but then ultimately that took him to, you know, 1997 where he moved to LA. He'd, he'd had a bit of success, packed up everything, moved to LA and opened this incredible factory, Jesse. It's, Mate, it's still there today. It's a, I think it's abandoned today in LA. It's mm. 800,000 square feet. Yeah. Like we'll pull up something so you can have a little look. That is. It's fucking incredible. It's a big <laughs> ass space. It's like 10 floors as far as the eye can see kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, downtown LA. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know how they 
you know, how they did that, how he did that. But I don't know how he afforded it, but he made it work. This guy, if you Google him or watch a bit of YouTube, Dove Shiny, he is, he gives us, he gives me Steve Jobs kind of energy, but mm. on a almost like more intense scale, yeah. which is saying something. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a character um, to say the least. But yeah, so in 2000, so the, from there, 1997, things start humming. You know, he's pushing this thing. Huge. Full throttle. Um in 2000, they do $200 million in revenue that year and things are just, you know, on the up every year. The growth is insane through the roof. And I think, you know, part of that is to do with their marketing strategies, Jess. Oh, my God. That, well, that's, that's probably the main thing we have to talk about today is they really bought into the famous sex sales yep. ploy. And gosh, you know, from you look at 2005 when they started that, it was quite modest. It was predominantly females just wearing, you know, things that weren't very revealing, quite, as I said, modest. But as every year progressed, it got more and more, I would say, aggressive and yeah, in your face. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I think the 2012, there was this, there's this photo of a girl with her legs just split wide open. Yep, and the, the campaign's called Now Open. Now Open. There was a campaign. I'm going to have to blur it, yeah. blur it out up here, Dick, so just so people get the idea. <laughs> correct, correct. <laughs> there was, I think there was one a few years later called Made in Bangladesh and the girl's just completely naked and the font goes over her stomach, just revealing essentially her whole body. Mm. And I, I don't, I don't even get understand that campaign, but it, it aired, and these are in magazines and on posters, and these are these were targeted to young kids as well. It's kind of what they became famous for. De- definitely, I mean, I think I also heard that American Apparel would make a lot of these posters within their factories and just slap them all around LA and America and all around their stores. They were synonymous for that. But I think it got to a sticky point, Jack, in like 2005 for Dove, where. He was so pushing this, you know, I guess this sort of anti-establishment, what I mean by that is he was wearing undies in the factory. That's it. There's footage of him just walking around. I think he was interviewing, you know, potential colleagues and employees, sorry, and doing that in his undies. First time you've ever met him. So like some stuff that's like, yes, you're progressive in a way, but this is also pushing the boundaries. Yeah. He was a very free spirit to say the least. And I think that kind of was his uh, biggest strength and greatest weakness as well. Yeah, which we've, I think we've said on this podcast a few times now is often your greatest strength is your yeah. greatest weakness. This is a guy who's going to rallies. Like, yeah, he's a very polarizing individual. But like, I think, you know, the so in that marketing, one thing that he did really well was another, you know, who's made in the USA and another big pitch uh, or point of difference for American Apparel was that they offered fair work and, you know, fair wages and they were sweatshop free and yeah, they, making everything within America. Definitely. I think at that stage, a lot of companies were probably quite scared to show their operations in the yeah. behind the scenes yeah. where Dove's campaigns were showing, you know, the conditions. Yeah. I think they paid a minimum of 13 US an hour, yeah. which the LA wage, I think, think still today. The minimum is was $8. Eight bucks. At the time. It's so still kind of like that. America's yeah. screwed up like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was big and, you know, they were forward thinking with the types of fabrics they were using, a lot of organic cotton and recycled yep. and they were doing some cool things. So he was definitely, you know, on yeah. the forefront and and there was a lot of good things happening with American Apparel. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people paint him in like a singular light and a guy this polarizing with this much expertise, the, my, my ultimate opinion with him as an individual is 
he's great at certain things like employing, you know, a ton of immigrants and he's an immigrant himself coming from Canada through to America. So he understood what that meant. But I also think on the flip side of that, in 2005, it was Home Depot. Uh, they did an audit of his team and I believe a third of his workforce were illegal immigrants without any citizenship. So there's that blurred line between, you know, you got to do things above board, I think, in this in this industry, especially when it's not just like 10 workers, that was 1,500 workers. Mm. They actually got let off. So he lost a third of his team from being, you know, not above board in a sense. Mm. But again, that kind of comes because he's anti-establishment. He doesn't give a fuck about the processes. Yeah, as long as people worked hard and were good people, you know, he would hire them. But, you know, and that was a big problem um, in the 90s and 2000s of immigration, especially with, with Mexico. And, um, and, yeah, that was kind of one of the things that, you know, got got him undone in the sense and kind of started this cascading of events that is the downfall of American apparel. And and you know, I think the downfall of American apparel is really just the downfall of Dove Shiny because yep. then there was, you know, more severe things like a lot of allegations coming out from multiple women of the way he treated them um throughout the course of work um there's some really extreme and explicit stories there yeah he, he was served with a 250 million dollar lawsuit at one point in time from four women and there was multiple of those i think that's the the biggest but yeah there was uh there was a few question marks on his character Definitely. and and ultimately i think that just trickled down through the business um and it became pretty turbulent and what used to be this really cool brand where you know, if you worked there, it was amazing and people were envious of you, kind of did a 180 and it was now frowned upon and everyone knew them as the the brand that was about to go bankrupt. And so, yeah, it just goes to show, you know, the reputation yeah. uh, of one, you know, how much that can affect the whole. And, and pretty rapidly, um, you know, he was, the, the board had moved him on after those allegations, of course, you know, it was pretty tough to come back from that and that environment that he created. So... Yeah, that was really the undoing. I believe they closed vast majority of their stores globally, which was hundreds of stores shut. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just so much to the so much so that they, I think they they were a public company. I think at the at their height, they were selling shares at around fifteen dollars per, yeah. and then I think it went to a dollar within Cra- yeah, crashed, how long? Maybe crashed under a dollar. I think it was like two years or yeah, less two, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty drastic. It was pretty quick. Um, in two thousand and. 10 they ran a loss of 86 million so from doing you know 300 million to to losing 86 million in a pretty quick period of time so it just goes to show how quickly uh things can turn around and yeah they were eventually bought out by gildan which is probably the biggest you know blank garment manufacturer supplier in the world for 88 million dollars um and yeah, Gildan owns it now and they're kind of doing their own thing with American Apparel. It's never been this, the same. No, definitely not. It was, but... I think they're, the American Apparel website today is linked to Amazon. So it's this really clunky, crappy setup and vast majority, I think 90% of what they sell on American Apparel is made offshore, not in America. So just defeats the purpose of what the brand stood for, its values. And, you know, the, the funny thing is we fast forward to today... Dove Shiny's still around. He's back. He's at the helm. <laughs> He's back. He's at LA Apparel. I'm sure many of you guys have heard of LA Apparel there. Killing it. You know, again, back to Dove Shiny. He's an incredible business person. There's, you can't take that away from him. His character seems somewhat questionable. We don't know him personally. No, we don't. Haven't had that privilege just yet. Maybe he'll come on here and speak for himself. But yeah, right now, um, there's a lot of different people that have come out and said things. So 
there's a bit of a weight of numbers, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it, it's funny. Like if you go and look up LA Apparel, the the you can just tell straight away that it is the American Apparel of old. Like in the way that they market in their products, um, you know, they're kind of going back to that sex sales idea. Yeah. Um, so it's very Dove Shiny esque. Yeah, it's probably the best place to put it, and you know, you can probably make that assertion yourself when you have a look. It's pretty straightforward. But yeah, other than that, I think, you know, they're obviously doing incredible LA apparel right now. They're, they're still made, I think, in South is it South um, California. LA, yeah. In LA there. So, yeah, he's holding the same morals and values. I'd be interested to see, if, you know, what people think of his character today. Yeah. I think he was selling face masks in 2019. Yeah. Saw something on LinkedIn there. So he's obviously a businessman, you know, there's that. But, yeah, other than that, I think this has been a, an interesting story to say the least. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like I'm, I've got to, I want to keep a keen eye on LA Apparel and just, you know, just check what they're up to, especially out, uh, on outside of business too, just from like a team and culture. That's the word I was looking for, culture. Yeah, no, it's been cool to, to dive deep into American Apparel and, and understand the story and probably for us as well, just to kind of see, all right, let's, you know, because we're ultimately doing a, a similar thing. We probably don't want to end up like American Apparel ended up, but um, cool for us to, you know, uh, see where they went wrong and uh, try to, Try to move through, through these things smoothly, hopefully. And if you guys enjoyed us breaking down a brand and, um, and you want us to do it again, please reach out. We're more than happy to take a request and, again, dive deep on these leading brands.